Welcome to the Entrepreneur's Visiting Victor podcast with Victor Dadaj, where you'll hear stories and strategies to help increase your sales and grow your business. Here's your host, Victor Dadaj. All right, welcome to Entrepreneur's Visiting Victor. I'm your host, Victor Dadaj. I hope you're having an amazing day. Today, we have an awesome guest. This guy at 23 landed his dream job of working for a Fortune 500 technology company doing operations and strategy. And after getting to know the executives there and asking for their advice, um, asking for the advice they gave their children, he realized he must choose a different path. So what he did was he started a mastermind model after Benjamin Franklin that over time became his business and mission. Today he leads, he leads Judo Globo, which has served thousands of entrepreneurs to connect with like-minded peers and build relationships, health, and business they deeply desire. So let's welcome Parker Harris. How are you doing today, Parker? Doing excellent, Victor. Thank you. All right, it's great to have you on Park. So I'd like to get started by asking you to please share your story. How did you wind up becoming an entrepreneur? I was one of those fortunate young people that uh, had to buy the things that they wanted for themselves. So as a teenager, I decided to add value to my neighbors so that I could earn money to buy things that I wanted and and buy my first car. And um, and so that was the start for me. Mm-hmm. And, and and so that's when you first got started. You needed to get some money. You needed to give value to people. So um, you needed that in, in, in terms of when you were in high school. And then um, how did you proceed from there? Yeah, so um, I started a business with my best friend uh, selling nutrition and vitamin products. I'm very passionate about health and had a, an attorney who was a family friend come to me and he was like, you know, what's your goals with this business? And I was like, well, I want to I want to build a business that has an impact on the world. And he's like, well, it seems to me like you're creating a job for yourself. And if you really want to learn how to, how to build a company, you know, go learn finance and and go work for a big company. So I took that advice and studied finance and went to work for a, a large technology company. And while I was there, I started a mastermind group for myself uh, based on what was missing in my life, which was a space to continue to build relationships and learn. Mm-hmm. Got it. All right. I'm glad to hear you're, you used to do wealth, health, and wellness because that's that's a big, uh, a big desire of mine too. Because I, I'm one of the things I do is health and wellness. So I'm glad to hear that, and uh, it's really cool. You, you know, you, it's one of your passions. So, but basically, you had a guy asking you about your goals, and you say you want to impact the world. And you know, after talking to you more, he says sounds more like you have a job. So then he recommended you go get yourself, you know, work for a big corporation. You did that with the large technology group. And then you built the mastermind uh, while you were working for it. So a couple of questions. How long did you work for that large technology company? And um, um, and and how soon before you started building that ma- that mastermind group? And uh, tell us a little more about that as well. I started the uh, the group within six months of joining the company. And I worked for the company for four years. Got it. And um, after four years, what did you do? Um, did, was the focus on the mastermind or just starting a, like a coaching, consulting business? What did you do after the four years? Yeah, so I left and decided to share the mastermind experience that I built for myself with more people. Got it. And so, uh, so I've you know, so talk talk a little bit more about the mastermind and what are some of the benefits people get from being in a mastermind? So obviously, Napoleon Hill talked about it. He was a big proponent of it in his book Think and Grow Rich. So talk a lot about it because I'm sure there are a lot of people who might have heard about it but never experienced one or 
been wondering, should I be a part of a mastermind group? What, what could, you know, what, you know, what kind of benefits could I get for being in one? So could you talk a little bit more, more about the mastermind? Yeah. Yeah. I think mastermind is one of those words that is being over, you know, being used in ways that maybe aren't aligned with how Napoleon Hill described it. So a lot of, I think group coaching and, and even like conferences get called masterminds now, um, Napoleon Hill defined a mastermind as two or more minds coming together in the spirit of harmony to accomplish a common goal. We focus on holistic success. I think of it as like unlocking human potential uh, to support people building their business, their wealth, their health, their relationships, and the overall life that they want to live, the fun, the contribution, the impact, the personal development. I think one of the ways that I think of a, a mastermind is that it's not an application. Like it's not like intended to create a specific result. A mastermind is more of a platform where we discover what root cause is, like what is the actual real problem. And I think that that's one of the biggest benefits that masterminds can provide people is Mark Twain said it this way. It's, it's not what you don't know that's going to hurt you. It's what you know that isn't so. And masterminds are, when done well, are a space to be challenged around limiting beliefs and what we know that isn't so, so that we can solve our own problems. Mm. Interesting stuff. Now, I, I like the fact that you look at everything holistically and, um, you know, getting back to health and wellness, um, I, I like looking at things holistically, you know, you know, just, you know, including all things, psychologically, mentally, spiritually, all that stuff. And I like the fact you like to go at the root cause because the root cause of everything is what what's ignored in so many different things. And if you don't get to the root cause, you're not going to be able to fix anything. And, and you mentioned that it's not an application, but a platform. So I, I definitely like that. And uh, you talked about limited beliefs, and I think that's something critically important. Would you talk a little bit more about the importance of limited beliefs, mindset, personal development, how important that is uh, for people to grow themselves to become successful? Because I don't think a lot of people appreciate the importance of those things. Yeah, I would say beliefs come before habits. Uh, beliefs come before vision. Uh, you know, again, what what is it that we know that isn't so? And if we're not accomplishing the goals that we, that we want in our business and in our relationships and our health, there's, there's probably some things that we know that aren't so because, right, most people's excuses that they don't have enough time or enough money. However, you know, time is basically the great equalizer. There's, we all have the same amount of minutes in the day. And, and, and money is something that, you know, good deals and money always meet. So um, being, being the, a person of substance where, that investment is going to return something that there's going to be fruit. You know, I, I think it, it, it often comes down to beliefs that we got in childhood or, you know, at some point early in our lives where we experienced, you know, for me, I experienced some trauma or some pain and that created some beliefs and led me to creating a story for my future and a story for my life that until I rewrote that story, I was limiting my own success and my own trajectory. Thanks for sharing that. And you're right, beliefs come before habits, they can become before vision. And the belief is just a repetitive thought. It's what you've been telling yourself again and again. And it's true for you. It may not necessarily be true as a whole, but you believe it's true. And some, and, but that 
belief very often will hurt you because very often some of those beliefs are very negative and destructive. And you mentioned a couple of limiting fact uh, beliefs, not enough time and not enough money. And you mentioned time is a great equalizer. And and a lot of it goes back to the beliefs you learned as a child or you know growing up or something experience you mentioned you had a traumatic event and very often it, you create a story which I, I really like that term create a story because it's a story you've been telling yourself for years for years for decades and it's being sent into your subconscious mind which makes most of the decisions so but as you mentioned you can change the story you can rewrite the story so it, realize that what you've been telling yourself very often is just a story but you can also change or something you've learned but you can also learn so definitely some really good stuff here so now if someone wants to become an entrepreneur what are some of the things they should do to get ready to prepare for themselves expectations because i think sometimes when people try to become an entrepreneur they have some unrealistic expectations of what will happen so you want to tell us a little more a little bit more of your thoughts on it sure uh, i i think that learning to add value to other people and enjoy adding value to other people is a really important aspect of entrepreneurship. I think both like sales and strategy are important things and learning to gather data, starting to track, uh, starting to track things, whether it's health related, right? There's so many different health metrics that can be tracked, learning to track net worth and, you know, cash flow and, those type of numbers, just building a, a habit around tracking numbers that are important because what gets measured gets managed. Um, I also am a big fan of, you know, building the habits, like whatever, whatever habits you think that you want to have, like a person thinks that they want to have when they achieve a certain amount of success, get those habits. Now don't wait for that day. <laughs> um, I also believe in surrounding yourself with other entrepreneurs, other people that are in the battle, like that are, that are in the trenches and learning from adversity, learning reality versus just, you know, in the ivory tower and, um, you know, have all the answers from the, from the armchair, but aren't really applying those answers. I think it becomes, can become really easy to, listen to people talk that were successful 20, 30, or 40 years ago and realizing that some things are the same, but many things change. And so, you know, talking to people that are two steps ahead instead of 50 steps ahead, because the person that's 50 steps ahead has a lot of unconscious competence and they can tell you what's working for them now, but sometimes they forget what worked for them when they were building up. And those are different things. Well, that makes sense. Um, uh, you mentioned you got to learn to add value to people and enjoy giving that value. And you talked about knowing the sales and the strategy, getting data and tracking numbers, the important numbers. And and I love you, know, you mentioned that great quote, what gets measured gets managed. Because if you don't know your numbers, your your business is going to have so many problems. But you know your numbers, you know where to what to do, where to improve, and how to go about doing it. But it's so important to so you know your numbers. I'm glad you mentioned that. And Build the habits that are important to success. Do it now. Don't wait till later. And surround yourself with the entrepreneurs who are not just the ones who have succeeded, did it 34 years ago, but surround yourself with the ones that are working the trenches now, that have been doing it, that are applying the things that you need to apply. And having those like-minded people, I think, is something that's uh, very important. So definitely some really good stuff here. Now, you know, getting back to habits, you know, um, you know, you mentioned numbers. What are some other other important habits that an entrepreneur should have in certain, if he wants to be successful? I think one of the most important habits is reflection. 
like reflecting on the plan, right? I think a lot of people that are interested in entrepreneurship are really good at goal setting or planning or looking at the future, but grounding that plan and those goals into what has actually happened today, yesterday, this last week, and understanding what can be done different to find out what really moves the needle and building a habit of execution, right? Like a lot of times people want to focus on morning routines or evening routines or all these things that maybe don't actually bring in a new customer, but building up a a habit of executing and doing the uncomfortable things that make the difference and get the results. I think another habit that is really important for an entrepreneur is the habit of listening. I, I think, you know, for, for many years, I thought I was a good listener when really I was just, you know, listening for what I hoped someone would say or like what I wanted someone to say versus what they were actually saying. And then the habit of asking questions and again, getting to root cause, like learning to ask questions and sit in the pain and the frustration of people. I think a lot of times people want to solve other people's problems because it makes them feel good and it's it's perceived that they're valuable. But one of the things that my wife loves about me is uh, is that I ask her, you know, do you want me to solve this problem or do you want me to hear this problem? And I would say the majority of people in my life just want me to hear the problem. You know, for, I would say 60% of the time, they just want me to hear it. 40%, 40% of the time, they want me to solve it. And a lot of times I think entrepreneurs just go right into fixing mode versus actually like building the, the comfort, uh, you know, the habit of sitting like that emotional intelligence of sitting with someone in their discomfort and, you know, having them understand how much, how much you actually care. And then from there asking questions so people can solve their own problems. Mm, interesting stuff there. Um, I like a lot of what you said there. Um, the more I reflect on the plan, go over it, see how you can make changes and improve about it. You know, and you talked about execution and, and you mentioned having a daily mode of operation is very important, but you're right. Sometimes people focus too much on, on the stuff that, yeah, that is, that, that does matter. But in the short run, it's not going to make you money. You know, and so I'm getting you're saying focus on the income producing activities, the, the activities are going to bring you the money. And people tend to procrastinate and I focus on these other little things. They focus too much on being busy instead of being productive. So I thought that something is very important. And do the uncomfortable things because very often doing the uncomfortable things is going to get you that success that you really uh, really desire, but too often we want to do the things that are comfortable, and that's okay. But the problem is, you're not going to grow until you start doing more of the uncomfortable things. So I definitely like that. And you mentioned the importance of listening, and not just listening, but asking questions. And you talked about sending in their pain and frustration, showing them that you're different, that you hear the problem. You talked about your wife, and uh, I remember from Men of Mars, Women for Venus, very often, the you know, girlfriends, wife, they just want to hear that. That you're listening, that you you you're hearing them out. They very often, especially men, we like to be Mister Fix, and a lot of times they just want you to hear them, showing that you're affirming that yeah they have that pain, and you're showing you're on their side that you care about them. And there's you know the saying, people don't care about how much you know until they know how much you care. So they don't want to hear the fixing problems until they see that you really that they matter to you, that you really care about who they are as a person, their problems. Once they sense that that you they they matter to you. Then they'll look at the other possibilities. You know, maybe you can solve their problem, fix their problem. So I agree. That's something very important. 
because I think too often everyone wants to like, here's our solution. Sometimes we offer a solution, but I don't even know what the hell is going on in their lives. And then it, it looks like you're, they're just a transaction to you. They want to see first that you're a human being to them. And, that, and that once you see, once they sense that, that they're a human being to you, that you care about them, then, you know, and that you, that you really want to share their pain, you really care about them, that, you know, anything's possible. So, and so definitely some really good points that you share. So thank you for bringing that up. And um, next thing I want to ask is, you know, um, a lot of times, you know, when you're an entrepreneur, you have so many things going on. There's a lot of noise in your life and you're trying to have that, that balanced uh, work-life balance, you know, you know, how do you, how does uh, uh, an entrepreneur deal with the noise in their life and how, how could they go about having that good work-life balance, which I can be found, especially, especially in the beginning. In the beginning of the entrepreneurial journey. Yeah. It could be really tough because you're working, especially a lot of hours in the beginning. Yeah. Sure. I think the more successful we get, the, the harder, the harder it is, right. The more responsibility, but oh, yeah. yeah. I, I would say the simple answer is just to shut it off. Right. A lot of the answers actually come from doing the work, not, not watching the YouTube video. So uh, my suggestion would be to dedicate the first five hours of every day of, of fulfilling on the promise that we've already made our customer and then bringing in new customers. And from doing that work, the right questions will usually come up and we can figure out those answers by continuing to do the work. You know, I like that. You know, <laughs> you mentioned something that I've definitely been uh, uh, guilty of in the past watching the YouTube videos and just focus, especially those early hours, do the important things, you know, for your clients, for your customers, take care of that and then shut off everything for the meantime. It's uh, do the important things early on. And then after those four or five hours, you can focus on the other thing. And I think you can avoid uh, falling into that, you know, all those different distractions. So I like that. And, uh, Definitely avoid the YouTube video, that stuff. You can watch that later on tonight. And 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 pretty much every successful person I've talked to, they all say the same thing. Those other things, um, you could do that later on in the day. Because if you do those things early on in the day, life happens, something happens. Then those important things, you know, um, you think you'll take care of it at 2, 3 o'clock in the afternoon, you'll find something happens. Your kid gets sick, you have to take him to the doctor, whatever, something happens. So give, take care of that early in the morning. So I definitely like that. Uh, next thing I'd like to ask you is, you talk about the, the the difference between discipline and flow. Could you uh, expand a little more about that? Yeah, I saw a good framework. Um, a framework is a is a way of looking at things that organizes a lot of complex information. If you think of Jim Collins and Malcolm Gladwell and a lot of the you know these these type of thought leaders, they spend a decade or two answering a really difficult question and they'll usually create a framework to answer that question. And I saw a framework around maturity and it was three layers. It was pleasure seeking on the bottom and then a, a, like a discipline, which is a little more rigid, like a rigid discipline. And then on the third level was a self-actualized flow. So I think discipline is a little bit more brute force a little bit more rigid doing this at this time and forcing yourself. And I think over time of, of building that discipline, we can create a flow where we just go from one, one thing that adds value to the next, and it doesn't all need to be planned out. 
some, some of the things we can just learn to ask, like for me, I learned to ask myself, what is it that would serve me right now? And the answer to that question changes on a daily basis. But instead of being my own worst enemy, I've become my best friend. And, you know, it's, it's a really powerful place to be. Well, is, I like the way you looked at the framework and I like that question. What is it that serves me? And that changes constantly. So you have to keep asking yourself that question. Sounds really good stuff here. Now, so coming to the end of our interview, are there any last minute pieces of advice you'd like to leave for our audience? I am always hesitant to give someone advice just because I don't necessarily know, you know who they are and what their situation is. And that's one of the things in our mastermind is there's no advice giving. We you know ask questions and create a space for people to hear their own truth by sharing our own experience. So, um, you know, if that resonates with someone, like, like I, I think it's really hard to understand what a mastermind is until someone experiences it. So I would encourage people to build their own mastermind or to experience a mastermind. One of my favorite quotes is, you know, when a student's ready, a teacher will make themselves apparent, right? Like it will show up. And I think it's the same with masterminds as well. When when a person's ready in their journey, usually there'll be an invitation to participate in something like that. So I would say my advice to people would be, you know, be be uh, skeptical about free advice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, interesting. Um, you're right. When the student's ready, the teacher will appear. And you're right. It's very hard to understand that what a mastermind is all about to experience. I've gone through a few masterminds and, Definitely, I didn't know. I did not know what to expect till I actually went into them. So, I definitely, highly recommend it. And one of the things you talk about is, um, is you know, you you talk about things, ask questions, but then you know, you talk about you're encouraged to come up with your own solution. I think people like that. I think would you agree? People like it more when they're able to come up with their own solutions based on your interaction, and then when you just tell them what to do. I do. That's for sure. <laughs> um. <laughs> I think there's a lot of value in hearing, right? There, a lot of times people know what they need to do. There's that like it's knowledge versus wisdom, right? In my opinion, these type of spaces, which I define as like a peer-to-peer -peer space or like a mastermind, a horizontal space where there's no, you know, coach or author or speaker, so like someone like the guru and everybody else is below them. But we're when we're around a round table and we're all knights, right? Like we're all in the battle. We're all figuring things out there's something happens where, you know, when one person teaches, two people learn. So even the teacher gets benefit from sharing, you know, their, their mentorship, their contextual mentorship around what worked for them. And it helps remind them of it as well. But when, when someone like activates the knowledge inside of themselves, that's, that's when change happens. Yeah, I like that when the when the knowledge they activate the, you know, within themselves, that's when change happens. I totally agree. That's a great way to end this interview. It's really good stuff. Listen, Mark, I want to thank you so much for being on the show. It's been a real pleasure having you on. You share a lot of great value, a lot of great wisdom. And if people want to get in touch, what is the best way for them to contact you? I'm active on social media. So pretty much every social media platform, Zachary Parker Harris, my full name, all one word, uh, no spaces or underscores or anything. Okay, sounds great. Thanks again. I really appreciate having yourself a great day. Thanks, Victor. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. If you've enjoyed listening, please smash that subscribe button so you don't miss any of our amazing episodes. 
please also leave a five-star rating review and have an awesome day.